What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Young and Perspective podcast. Today, I have a great conversation with the Strength Rehab guys, which are two guys who reached out to me to be on their podcast, and it actually inspired me to start my own. So I'm very grateful that I was able to have them on my show, and it just feel like it came full circle. I will probably be back on their show in the future, and they will probably be back on mine. These guys have personalities that work so seamlessly together, and they are very awesome to listen to. So links in the description for everywhere you can find them. They have great content. They are very intelligent people. So make sure you go listen to them. Without further ado, they are going to introduce themselves. Enjoy the rest of the show. My name is Brandon Parker. I am a strength and conditioning coach. I'm also a chiropractic student at Palmer, Florida. Um, the reason why I became a coach and the reason why I'm becoming a chiropractor is because I wanted to be the type of guy where if you come to me, I can answer all your solutions, whether it be programming or rehabilitation or just the recovery process of staying on top of your game. Um, when I was younger, I found that there was a lot of missing, missing holes that needed to be addressed because I, I tore my shoulder, right? I tore my shoulder because of just pure lack of programming. We didn't even touch any exercises when it came to the most unstable joint in the body. So if that could be a gross overlook in a high school that was pretty well known for its sports, imagine what it would be across the United States. So when you look at it and you see the injury levels, it's just a gross misjustice on, on the kids. They don't know what they're doing. They just listen to the people that they think are the authority. So as you can tell, I'm already fired up 30 seconds into the podcast, but yeah, it's a definitely a passion, passion driven profession. So that's a little bit about me. Sweet. I don't have a nice, cute story like his, but yeah, I'm basically, uh, I'm Rolex Mayer. I'm a strength and conditioning coach as well. Chiropractic student as well. Uh, co-founder of our company, uh, an educational platform, uh, Strength Rehab. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. I played college baseball. I've always been huge in sports, uh, lifting. Um, that's basically what I do in a nutshell. I study, I create content, and I talk. That's that's basically it. Very, very interesting. And I share a lot of similarities with those interests. I'm super into nutrition, super into exercise science. And while I am super passionate about those things, I like to pursue like chemistry and more of the sciencey kind of math side in college. Just because although I like that kind of stuff, I don't really, really want to pursue it as a career. But what I did want to ask you guys is how so in this kind of new age of fitness content, there's so many different types of creators and everybody's creating like the 24 hour challenges or the how to this or the three simple steps to this or the exercise you must try. So I kind of wanted to get your opinion of how you guys are planning on leveraging social media in 2021 and using it to build a brand and build your specific type of business. Wants to go first? You're right? gonna go first. Me? I went first the first time. Yeah. So how so how we leverage social media and to build a brand? Uh, number one, I say, when we first started off, we were too serious. Like even though yes, content creation is serious in regards to health and medical stuff and fitness, uh, we didn't portray our personality. Uh, and people saw that. And once we started portraying who we really are, making the kind of jokes that we make when we're around people and just being ourselves, that's when our page started to grow uh, exponentially. And I would say that we just we, we're just ourselves. We don't share any BS, like even though we like to ma make uh, educational content fun, we still uh, don't share any BS. We we try to make it research-based and evidence-based while making it fun because 
as you know, when we've talked about it, people's attention spans, it's it's very crappy, dude. Like, you gotta grab their attention. You need those clickbait titles or those clickbait pictures or whatever. Um, but, I mean, social media, everybody's on social media nowadays, uh, especially in the fitness uh, industry. There's a lot of competition. Um, but I would say just being ourselves or wh whoever wants to create content, if you portray who you really are, you will attra attract the type of clients that you want or you can build the type of, uh, of brand that you want to build and not try to create something that's already created. Like don't try to mimic other companies or other brands. Just be yourself. That would be my number one advice. Yeah, I just, <clears throat> just to piggyback off of that, it's when, when you're in the content creation business, it's free, right? So in order for you to keep up with everybody else, you need to be putting out something consistently and almost daily. And if you are not portraying your true self, one, no one's gonna really care because at the end of the day, everybody can say calories in, calories out. It's just depending on what type of flavor you're gonna put on it, right? Whether it be a joke, whether it be serious, it depends on what brand you're building. But once again, if you're doing something daily and you're putting up a persona that's not truly who you are, one, people are gonna notice that. And then also two, it's going to be burnout city, man. It's going to be to the point where it's just, you have this huge, like imposter syndrome. Like this isn't me. I don't want to do this. And as you mentioned prior to coming on the show here, how you want to open up your channel to overall self-improvement. I would hundred percent agree with that. And it's a great idea because when it comes to fitness and fitness content, there's so much overlap because once you start putting your workout into a routine, so what, what happens? Your sleep improves, your eating improves, your overall product productivity improves. And then that's, that's the thing. It's just when you're producing content, be you, be consistent, and be, I guess, unique, you know? But don't force a, oh, this hasn't been done before. No, no, no. Just be yourself because you are unique. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's like one, one area that I've found this is super prevalent on. So like on YouTube, right, it's so saturated and it's been around for so long that it seems like every corner of every niche is already filled with somebody doing kind of what you would want to do or mm -hmm. in every little area you already find somebody there. But I've seen you guys do it and I've jumped on the trend as well. I don't even know if you could call it a trend, but the TikTok trend where mm. it's it's going from people dancing to songs to actual just like engaging 60 second content and i really like it because i'm able to leverage this attention span thing where i can make a video super engaging with all these cool transitions and i can use my camera to produce higher level content than maybe just a smartphone and it's like i can share i'm like i'm saying in my head like oh i have this topic i would like to make a video on but it doesn't really warrant an eight minute video i can make a 60 second TikTok on it post it and it's like trying to break through on a platform that's younger targeted and not necessarily for the older population or maybe like the people who are looking looking to get educated don't necessarily go to TikTok. They kind of go to TikTok just to have some fun or uh, get some laughs. So, yeah, I think that this new age of social media is really like all about being able to leverage it. And I watch uh, a YouTube channel called Think Media all the time, and they talk about like leveraging social media as a tool. So that kind of leads me into question what are your business goals for 2021 obviously everybody had a rough 2020 i don't think any unless the people who like were taking advantage of like the immune system supplements besides those people i don't really know anybody who kind of came out on top of 2020 i certainly built some skills but i'm just kind of curious about what career goals you have going forward in 2021 
just to, to piggyback on what you were talking about, and it's very key, I guess it would answer your question even further, is you need to match your message to the medium. TikTok is not about long-winded answers. That's what yep. podcasts are for. And I would even argue that when we look at our metrics, pictures do better than videos on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So obviously there's some that are better than others, but it's all about matching the message to the medium. And yeah, it's a, so to answer that question, just make sure that everything is tailored to what you're trying to do. And then to answer the next question, um, when it comes to overall business goals, we are just trying to build a brand that is respectable and reliable. You know, I want people, this is me personally, I'm sure he would agree. I want people to come to our page and just kind of be like, all right, I know they know what they're talking about. Give me the, the quick and dirty on this subject. And if I truly want to learn more, I can ask them because not only are they personable, but they truly want you to, like, they want to help you, you know, and obviously more clients would be great. And we're writing a book. So, so those things are in the mix. Very, very excited. Do you have anything to add to that role? I mean, um, that in a nutshell, but I would add obviously the book. Um, I think that COVID uh, made people realize that physical businesses per se are tough mm-hmm. um, and anything like, pandemic happened boom like you wrote it you you lost your business you lost your money etc uh so we're trying to build like quote unquote online school and seminars uh to number one it's easier to reach more people online rather than teaching our courses or our classes whatever at a certain specific location so i would say the book yeah and just doing online stuff because as I said before, like anything can happen and physical businesses are not doing that great due to a number of different reasons. So everybody has like their main career Then everybody maybe has that side hustle and us lifters kind of get branded as maybe people who don't really do anything else like eat, sleep, train, repeat. That's a big meme. It's funny, but let's be honest, we only really spend an hour or two in the gym every single day maybe an hour or two cooking meals. Everybody has to eat, so I don't really count that. But I was on a podcast with a fellow young lifter last week, and I asked him this question, and I'm going to pass it on to you guys, just because I love gathering this opinion from everybody. And it's, what kind of outside hobbies do you have outside of lifting or outside of things that you maybe post on social media or just something that people wouldn't know just by looking at you? You go first. Yeah, you're the hobby. Man. Hobbies outside of lifting. Uh, I love cooking, but I yeah, it has to do with fitness, but not always. Um, I love to cook. I, I love to try new recipes, especially different breakfasts. Um, I would say cooking. I read a lot, uh, so that doesn't have to do with lifting. I read a lot. Uh, I like to go on long walks. Um, and I'm trying to get more into videos and photography stuff. Uh, I'm learning from my girlfriend. She's a professional photographer. I have a lot of learning to do. Uh, but I've been like, quote unquote, falling in love with it and trying to learn more. Uh, I would say those are my biggest hobbies. Like I don't have a lot of free time, but when I do have free time, that's basically what I do outside of lifting. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, <clears throat> my hobby is kind of blending into uh, what we're doing at Strength Rehab, which is a dream come true. I, I love making skits. I love making funny situations and bringing it to light. Um, they may not come to the direct idea that I had because my poor uh, cinematography, but it's getting there, right? It's all a learning experience, but I like pe- making people laugh. And that's one of the ways I can express myself. And I love it. The other way is like, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it and I'm not even ashamed of it. I'm a gamer, man. I love to play games. And, you know, once you keep it to a minimum of a certain amount of time each day, it's not toxic. 
it's toxic. It's 100% toxic, everybody. <laughs> I, I, you know, I always end up because I really, I only play competitive games. So I, it gets to the point where I, it's either I, I like, what a, what a night, great night, or it's like, that was miserable. Why do I have this system? But yeah, it's a love hate situation. You know, I, there's been times where I've turned off the game and then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, wait, it's a Saturday. I have nothing to do. And I turn the game back on. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, coming from a gamer myself, it's, it's almost like, I've kind of grown out of it and I just kind of waste more time doing other things rather than just like playing games. Cause like when I'm playing games, I feel like I'm literally wasting this time doing nothing. But if mm -hmm. I'm like watching a YouTube video, I can at least like justify that I'm getting knowledge from this YouTube video. When in reality, I'm like, okay, this is time where I don't need to be doing anything anyway. I should just relax. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've definitely noticed that with the game thing as well. And you get so frustrated and then you go to bed and you're thinking about it and it's, uh, <laughs> But I also wanted to touch about touch on about your your mentions of cinematography, videography, photography, because I'm just releasing a video tomorrow talking about well tomorrow the day this is recording. So Wednesday, January thirteenth, talking about like hobbies everybody should be starting. And that's like one of the things that I was talking about is videography and photography. Everybody has a everybody has a smartphone nowadays and everybody has an internet connection to be able to look up how to use a camera, how to set up scenes, how to like do all these basic things. And I think that's a skill that I started a while ago, a couple months ago. And I think it's super awesome in that every, because like in such a digitally dominated world, it's so crucial that you have like the basics down and like know how to use a camera because not only is it, is it like fun to be able to capture the moments of life, but also you can turn it into a business and turn it into a side hustle that can easily make you yep. money. Uh, because sometimes people don't want to go through the effort of, of learning that but with that being said i kind of wanted to also touch on the book comment you made so you like to read i'm trying to get into reading i'm trying to like not force myself to do it but i'm trying to find things that i actually enjoy reading about uh so could you give me a book recommendation about the best book that i should read um i think you'd like to read the obstacle is the way that's a really really good book i don't know if you've read it uh it's I an not. easy read I think you'll like it. Um, I know you're huge into self-improvement. I think you'll also like uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read that book like two or three times back in the day. Um, I, I mean, those would be my go-to two recommendations to start off. Uh, Ego is Your Enemy is also good. This is from the same author as uh, The Obstacle is the Way. There you have three. Sweet. Yeah, just because I'm always looking for more books to read because I like doing book reviews, but I don't have enough like good quality books to read. And it's not because the a lack of them out there. It's just a lack of me trying. But when I did the, my first episode on, on the podcast uh, talking about the dip, I don't know if you, you listen to that yeah. one, but that's a fantastic read talking about like knowing when to quit and understanding the struggles of starting new projects, understanding that excitement will drop and you have to be prepared for that. And you have to be prepared uh, for that inevitable grind coming up. But on that note, I wanted to talk about self, another aspect of self-improvement. So take me through one of your morning routines and talk about how you manage time with all your side hustle, your business, fitness. You go first or I go first? <laughs> you want to hear my miraculous morning routine? Yes. All right, you want here, here it is. Ready? All right, so I just got an Alexa, right? Yep. I do not know how to turn it off. It's annoying, so, and his room is by my room, and I, I, all I hear is, Alexa, what time is it? Alexa, can you tell me this? Sometimes I'm over the top with it because it's funny, but other times, like, all right, so I, I wake up, right? Yeah, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, all right, Alexa, off. 
and then it doesn't stop. So I'm trying all these different commands. Alexa, stop. Alexa, I hear you. Alexa, stop. Like it's not working, right? So now I'm literally army crawling out of my bed just to, to hit the off button. And at this point, I'm out of bed. So now I'm actually, so it worked, right? It, it's doing its job. So from that point, because it's board season, I now army crawl over to my laptop. I open it up and I start to look at my board review because I don't know what it is. But um, I can't make a lot of excuses if I start doing a project right when I first wake up. Like I'm just a minute, a minute until like I get bored, which is typically hour, two hours. If I wait to the end of the day, I'll find every excuse in the book. So that would probably be like my number one uh, thing for people that are trying to avoid things. Do it when you first wake up. You have no excuse. And then after that, I try to get some type of food in my system. I'm never really hungry, but I do it just because of the gains. And then from that point on, I'll have my coffee. Um, and then I guess that's when I'll be officially up. But then, then at this point, we'd be on our way to clinic, depending on which shift run opposite shifts. And then you spend the whole day at clinic and you come home and you it's sneak It's a long up. ass morning routine. Yeah. Well, hey, hey man, I'm just, but I, <laughs> it all condensed in like about like an hour because I have a late start, you know? Gotcha. So, yeah, but hey, the army crawl itself is probably like, 30 minutes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so where does fitness fit into this uh, schedule? Yeah, so it so this is how it works for both of us. So we both have half a days, right? And then on the other half of days, we either have uh, rehab, rehab elective, essentially. We basically are in the rehab room helping the head uh, rehabilitation expert. Um, so that if we do a double day, we're done. We start at eight and we end at basically seven ish. So it's a full day, right? So those days you either go to the gym before or after there's no, there's no really getting away with that, but all the other half days, you just, you figure it out before or after clinic, you know, and, and around boards as well. So I, I, I work a little bit differently than from this guy. We're, <laughs> we're opposite suit. Yeah, we're um, but we when are. it comes to my, my, uh, morning routine, I just wake up and as soon as my alarm goes on like i wake up from bed uh, i have my coffee um and i just start reading start uh studying or whatever i have to do if i have some projects to work on uh, to work on i do them and after that i have my breakfast and then clinic whatever but when it comes to fitness and how we fit it in what i do is that i i know what hours i'm gonna be working at the clinic so I fit my routine into that. Right. I know that I'm going to work out, for example, five days per week. And for example, on Fridays, I have a full day at clinic from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. So on Fridays, I do not lift. Mm -hmm. I lift from Monday to Thursday. Fridays are free. And then I lift on a, on a Saturday. Uh, and just knowing the times that you're going to be busy, either in school or business or whatever, and fitting it into it, I think just wonders. It's all about managing your time. Um, but that's how it fits into our life. Um, See, my morning routine has an army crawl. Okay, so if we're going for cool points, I think I won that. Me personally, I don't know. I I got some scars cool on my elbows. Overrated. I would agree with that. That's a little extra cardio in the day. I, I think that's pretty good. So it seems like your key for time management is like not getting blindsided, knowing things are coming. If you have a full day, plan a rest day around it. If you're going to have a night of drinking on Saturday with the boys, plan a rest day on Sunday. So kind of 
knowing things are coming in advance, which is one thing that I've actually used as well. I used an app called Todoist. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's like this time task management system app. It's super awesome. I love it because I can plan things like recurring tasks that happen every five days, like upload a new YouTube video and it automatically puts it in there. So I just got to mm-hmm. pop onto that in the morning and then it's like shows me everything I need to do for that day. It's fabulous. But I want to talk about a little bit more of school. So I'm a college student as well. And I saw that you guys recently had some accomplishments. Could you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before, before we do that, I do have a question. If you didn't have this to-do list, would you happen to forget to post a YouTube video? I would never forget to post a YouTube video, but there might be other little things that I'll forget. For example, I just finished up a videography job and I need to send an invoice to the company. Okay. I mean, that's how I get paid. So maybe that's a bad example, but there's other things like I need to email my counselor for school Mm -hmm. or I forgot to do an assignment for the university and I really need to get that done because I have an academic hold and then I can't enroll in the spring semester. And then I miss like the nitpicky stuff. Yep. The little stuff that takes two seconds to do, but you don't want to do it right now because it only takes two seconds. So you're going to do it later and you forget I get that 100% I get that and, and that, that the reason why I was asking is because like it all comes we always talk about it. it comes down to priorities right and the funny thing is is like we can make these like time management plans or block out our schedules but at the end of the day like we're all, all three of us all three of us are always going to lift we're always going to find that time for ourselves to do so it's because we hold it to a very high priority you know and it's very important to have a list I make lists all the time for the nitpicky stuff that isn't directly better benefit to us hey you should see my list my lists are incredible okay no one can read them but i can but so would you say that lists are necessary lists are necessary now because i'm the type of guy because this guy writes everything i gotta see it i gotta see it check marks and whatever like i cannot do lists i cannot journal i cannot do anything i just know what i have to do and i do it like i've tried to be like quote unquote like because you see on youtube and you read different books and say they like the quote unquote hacks like oh you gotta wake up at 4 a.m and you gotta journal you gotta write your goals like while i have nothing against it i believe that it's not necessary and it's a little bit overrated when it comes to being productive or time management right. it's not, a necessity. not everybody it's the same way like i i cannot function like doing that i, I just can't I, I think the I agree with the journaling part. I've tried that. That that's trash. I like <laughs> I don't even know what to write. I'm sitting there I'm like, why am I writing this? I could just think about it. Like I'm not gonna come back and reread this. It's not like I'm taking notes for my chemistry class. Like I'm not gonna study my journal. I totally agree with you on that, but the list thing, I used to think I could pull it off in high school. Oh, I see people writing down notes in class. I never was a note taker. Mm-hmm. Never, never, never. I was like, I'll just pay attention to what the teacher's saying and I'll just remember it. And it's like, <laughs> I never used my assignment notebook because I'm like, oh, I, I just, it's in my head. Like, I don't, I don't need to write that stuff down. Yeah, I can relate to, uh, I can relate to both of you on some of the aspects that uh, you said. But getting back to the school thing, I wanted to hear about your accomplishments that you guys just were recently posting about. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'm, I'm basically going to take like what he's going to say as well, because we have the same internship, just different time periods. Mm. Uh, we were both lucky enough to be accepted into a VA program over in Orlando where they are starting fresh in the sense that they never had interns before. They're pioneers. Yeah, exactly. Pioneers <laughs> starting at ground zero. And um, yeah, we, we were, we're blessed to be the first and front runners of this situation. And 
long story short, if we mess up, they probably won't work with Palmer anymore. So a lot on our shoulders, but it, it's going to be a really cool opportunity. They said we'll be able to see surgery and work with a bunch of different healthcare professionals, which is very important for the chiropractic profession because our history is not that great with other uh, with other healthcare professionals. So this is a good step forward with working with other people and gaining that academic and professional credibility. So you guys recently posted that you, you graduated or that you have another year left. So what does this exactly mean for your internship? Is it like you're doing an internship at the clinic and then you're gonna take over and become full-time professionals? So basically, uh, we're done with the academic part of our schooling. Like we no longer have to sit in class for eight hours per day. Uh, right now, we just started a full-time clinic. So we're going to be here uh, at this clinic in Daytona for six months, seeing our patients. And then we're going to go to Orlando, which is not a clinic per se. It's a hospital. So it's like more crazy slash complex cases. You work with the mental health department, surgery department, etc. Uh, and after that, we graduate. But the like the quote unquote big thing is that the VA uh, internship, the one that we're going to go treat patients at the hospital is like super competitive, like yeah. highly competitive. And not only people from our uh, graduate college compete, but it's people all over the states. So that's why we were so excited because not a lot of people get accepted. Like a lot of people apply, but just the vast minority gets accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's great because there's potential job offers for research, academia, for to be a clinician at a VA. Uh, so that's that's all the hype about it. Um, but yeah, we're basically one year away from from graduating. Uh, but the good thing is that we're just seeing patients and not studying right. or sitting in the classroom eight, eight hours, then go study more. Right. So there's no large difference between us and a full-time practicing chiropractor. It's just we have to cross-check everything we do with our mentor because we're practicing underneath their license. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. Well, congratulations for you guys. It seems like you've made it over that academic hump, and now yeah. you're you're in the field, you're doing some work, and it seems like you guys are very close to your, your end goal. And so uh, piggybacking off that, I kind of wanted to ask you guys about warm-ups and maybe recovery tips. I'm, like, obsessed with the recovery. Ever since I lost a bunch of weight, a bunch of weight is 30 pounds, um, ever since I lost that weight, I've been like obsessed with optimizing everything. Cause before I was just like slam calories, slam the weights. doesn't matter about the form, just get the weight up. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, I, I take care of myself a lot more. So what are some recovery tips that you could give to anybody listening? Dude, by the way, shameless plug, uh, the book we're writing is basically recovery 101, maximizing <laughs> health and muscle outside at the gym. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're huge into the, into the topic. Um, and like we've got three big pillars of recovery and that is nutrition, hydration, and sleep. Uh, obviously there are a lot of difference that affect it, but that those are our top three. I can knock out one, then you can stress talk management. about the other ones. Yeah. And stress management. Um, but in, I would say the most important one is sleep, uh, cause everything good that can happen for you and for your body happens while you sleep, like muscle protein synthesis like the quote-unquote cleaning of your brain, of the neuronal cells, like the synapses of how you learn, everything happens while you sleep. Um, so I my number one tip for recovery would be sleep at least seven to eight hours every single night. 
Yeah. So I would say just to piggyback on it, because like, so we always talk about it, sleep or stress, stress or sleep. They're like, it's, they're so interdependent on each other because if you are in a stress state, you are not going to be able to sleep well. And it just all goes downhill from there. So just to start about stress alone, let's just talk about how stress is going to influence your, your diet and nutrition. You can be eating a perfect diet and perfect, all nutrition, you're getting everything you need. But if you're in a stress state, it's you're down regulating your ability to digest the food that you're eating. So that alone is ensuring that you're not getting everything you need while even though you're eating it all. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. So that and, and then we were talking about it earlier, how a lot of people, they do this new year, new me type thing. They go into the gym and they have this large spike in training load, right? Mm -hmm. Well, our body is going to basically overreact to the situation and is going to be in this alarmed state for a very long time, thus influencing their sleep. So now, now they're going to wake up the next day groggy, not feeling good. And we know that with sleep deprivation, they prefer carbs over everything else. And now they're overeating and they say, you know what? Working out sucks. You know, so it's they, they play such a massive role. So to kind of intertwine all this in the two big pillars here is to you can find a way to reduce your stress about an hour, hour and some change prior to bed that doesn't involve electronics. I, I think you're going to be in a great spot because I know half the people and I used to be that person phone here. And when I fell asleep, the phone would smack me in the face. I'm like, all right, it's time to go to bed, you know, so. Those would be, I guess, the, the last one would be nutrition, but I guess that's like, you know, you can go to any YouTube video and they'll hit that real yeah. nail on the head. And I think that when it comes to longevity and trying to decrease uh, injury risk, uh, load management, right. it, like it's it's the biggest thing ever because uh, the majority of injuries happen when you do too much too soon. Um, so I would say, as he mentioned, the big spike load and load, yeah. uh, just don't, don't, don't try to do too much too soon. Gotcha. Yeah. So one little thing I wanted to ask about was the phone thing. Okay, so I'm that guy currently. Like, <laughs> I, I watch YouTube. I like I'm obsessed with YouTube. So I'll, mm -hmm. like I'm always trying to like I, I watch space videos on YouTube. So like, have you ever seen those? Like, what'll happen in a hundred trillion years? Like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with those videos. Or like, what if a meteor crashes into the Earth at the speed of light? Like, I, I eat that up. <laughs> so that's typically the content that I watch before I go to bed. And so is, that doesn't give me problems going to bed, but is it like under the surface, like messing up my sleep or anything like that? I would say no. Um, there's a lot of people that, once again, they take everything to the next whole whole next level. Right. Um, I, I'm the type of person that I use my phone literally one minute before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't believe there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I would say there's something quote unquote wrong with it if it affects either my sleep quantity or my sleep quality. Mm -hmm. But... If using your phone to watch, for example, YouTube space videos, if it helps you, number one, calm down and be at a parasympathetic state, right. you're going to sleep better than someone that does not use their phone and they're stressed or something. Right. So it, the phone thing doesn't apply to everyone. Because, right. uh, I mean, I can't say don't use your phone because I'm the one using my phone literally yeah. seconds before I sleep. So, no, it's not affecting your sleep at all. There's uh there's some research out there that talks about how blue light has the ability, like blue light specifically has the ability to downregulate the release of melatonin, the main sleep hormone that we need. 
but like you said, like I mean, there's plenty of things that prevent that. Like you know, I'm pretty sure you have blue. Do you have blue light filters on yours? Yeah, these are. I have blue light filters on mine. Most phones come with that now because they're they're seeing the the large issue with it. But as you said, everybody's different, and it, the the bigger fish to fry is stress. You know, what I'm saying if you are stressed, your heart rate is up. If your heart rate is up, you're most likely going to be overheating. If you're overheating, you have no chance of going to sleep because your brain actually needs to drop a certain amount of temperature before it can actually go into a restorative state so like as you can see it, like they're so intertwined you can't pick one or the other does that make sense yeah absolutely and that's one thing that i found as well is like a lot of people like to like redline their their protein intake right before they go to bed and i've actually found that if i eat too much protein and too much food the thermic effect heats me up when i'm trying to go to bed and i can get the meat sweats underneath the covers and it actually has a noticeable difference on my ability to go to sleep so that's one tip that i give to some people because i don't know whether or not it's genetic or i'm lucky or it's just lifelong habit but i am like a super sleeper like i have this insane ability to just sleep under like any circumstance and just get great sleep all the time and never really had trouble with it but I kind of have another interesting question about sleep, which is, do you have any parameters or things that you can look for to tell whether or not you have good or bad sleep? Because quantity is super easy to track. I went to bed at 10, woke up at 8, but how do I know if I got quality sleep? I would say that the easiest slash cheapest option is waking up, do you feel refreshed or not? Because if we want to talk about the options, yes, there are like brain studies and EEGs that can measure your sleep quality, but they can get expensive. Um, um, and like, you don't gotta be like really specific. Uh, and I would say that waking up feeling like refreshed would be a good sign that you're actually having a good sleep quality. And I'm a huge believer that sleep quality should be more important than sleep quantity. Like not everybody needs to sleep eight to nine hours per night. Some people, including me, if I sleep five or six good hours, I feel super energized and super energetic and like great for the next day. But if I have like crappy at crappy eight to nine hours of sleep per night, I'm not going to have a good day. Right. So quality over quantity, but I would say just feeling refreshed is a good sign. So for me recently, what has been happening is I'll sleep like eight to nine hours a night. I've been feeling fantastic. And then over the last like week and a half, I'll feel like super tired when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I just slept nine hours. Why am I so tired? Like my diet's consistent. Everything is the same. Nighttime routine, morning routine. I, I like try to keep caffeine to an absolute minimum and I'm still waking and like I'm wake, waking up tired and I'm like tired throughout the day. Is that like a sign of overtraining or like what's going, do you have an idea of what would be going on? It could be a multiple thing. So just quick question. Did you, did you mention that you slept more than usual or everything was the same? Everything was the same. Like I usually sleep between seven and a half hours and nine. Like I try to hit mm -hmm. one of those marks. Cause I know that the whole 90 minute sleep cycle thing, it's better to wake mm -hmm. up at a 90 yeah. minute interval. So I try to hit yeah. seven and a half or nine. There's, yeah, there's the, I, the reason why I asked is because it's very easy. And most people don't know this, that you can just oversleep, you know, when you oversleep, you can feel equally as groggy as if you got undersleep. Um, so yeah, that's the reason why I first asked. It could, it could be meaning that you are overtraining, but most likely if you are overtraining, you would see the troubles going to sleep before you would see grogginess waking up. Um, what do you think about this? I, I wouldn't say overtraining. Um, maybe, uh, 
because overtraining, it's really hard to overtrain, honestly. Um, maybe it's a sign of like your nervous system is getting a little bit drained. Maybe it has something to do with your training load or total volume, or maybe not. Uh, there are a lot of different factors that can affect it. Um, but I would say that if nothing has changed, give it a couple more days or weeks to see if it if it gets better. If not, then we can like think about all of the things that can be done to figure out the root of the quote-unquote problem. But I wouldn't stress too much about it. I mean, all of us have those days. We're human at the end of the day. Because I've recently been increasing my, my loads because I'm moving into almost like a peaking phase because I have to hit – the goal is a 1,200-pound total by the time I turn 19, which gives me January 31st. So I turn, turn 19 okay. on the 1st of February. And mm -hmm. so my intensity has been increasing, and by intensity I mean percentage of one rep max. And I have this really hard problem with going too hard. So – like I step into the gym, I'm like, okay, I have to, I, I can't, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit triples. And then I'm like, I just, somehow I go from like a planned RPE seven to a mm -hmm. nine and a half. And I'm like, why am I like this? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm supposed to hit rep work. I'm supposed to have perfect technique. And I end up going in there and it's like, my back's not bending, but like, it's a grinder on the last rep. And I'm like, I'm always trying to just do as much as I can. And it's really hard to get that out of my head. So Maybe it's that. I'm trying to pull back. I was successful in pulling back last workout, so we'll give it a little bit of time. So that's awesome. I will definitely read that book because I am obsessed with recovery and just like optimizing everything because like I said a lot in my videos, I think I can say this for a lot of lifters out there, if not all of them, we put in way too much effort to not get out everything that we can. Like all the eating and all the sleeping and all the training and all the hydration and all the mobility and recovery work is not just – not because we don't want to get the best that we possibly can be. We want to be getting everything out of it. So that's very interesting. What I would say is this, like the fact that you are like you mentioned RPE and I don't know if you talked about RPE to your listeners, but it's, it's such an impeccable programming because at the end of the day, you did mention that you were drained, right? You, well, if you go into the gym and you're honest with yourself, you still training at a relative intensity, you're not going to, contribute to the overtraining situation does that make sense because a six overtrained versus a six fresh are going to be two vastly different numbers you just got to remain honest with yourself and just to give you some wisdom when it comes to reaching a, a big total you don't need you you need to avoid those grinders like and like almost until max out day yeah. because because at the end of the day you're just taking gas out of the tank when you don't really need to, you can get stronger with lights, loads as light as 70%. Because like, let's be honest, no one here has perfect powerlifting form. And at the end of the day, proper positioning can boost a number 50, 60 pounds if you truly know what you're doing. So yeah, just wisdom because I've been, I'm the same boat, man. Yeah, RPE seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go for 10. RPE I'm feeling 11. great. Feeling great, bro. Put me in a coffin. <laughs> it, it, it's not even that I'm feeling great. It's that last week I did this, and I feel like I have to do more this week. Ah, uh, yep. Even though I've been lifting for over four years, it's like mm -hmm. that doesn't work anymore. Linear periodization, mm -hmm. what is that? Um, yeah. So I, it's just it's and it's not necessarily like ego lifting. It is, but it's not. Like I'm not like letting my form all the way go. I'm not like totally like loading up every single ounce that I possibly can. But right. I'm just lifting too heavy, and I think there is a difference between ego lifting and just lifting too heavy. So mm -hmm. it's just another thing that I'm learning. Don't know everything yet. But moving off training, I was very interested when you guys mentioned that you were writing a book because 
how long term of a project is that and how does like the process of developing a long term project go at least for you guys how long has it been i don't think it's a fair quite like a fair how how you like all right so so we so if we were out of school and we actually had much more time to dedicate it to, towards it it would probably like come on man like cuz the knowledge is already up here yeah. like we have it right and and now it's all about just finding citations and and backing our words by science um but you know we're prepping for boards we're we're putting out content every day and we're in clinic and stuff like that so it's it's low it's a priority but it's low on that priority because we know that we don't want to rush something that's great you know um so like all right before we answer how long it's been I, I have a question for you, Raul. This is my podcast now. Okay. <laughs> I'm passing the torch. <laughs> yeah. How long, if you if you and I got put into a cabin and all we had was an internet for citations and we had to finish this book, how long do you think it would take for us to write it? And it'd be good, not just trash. That'd be good. <laughs> if it's perfect like I want it to be, yeah. two months. Two months? Yeah what because <laughs> if you see the like we we divide it like we have like the big chapters but then the chapters have like call it sub chapters or subtopics however you want to call it um and they have a lot of information that you got to talk about and whenever you're there writing mm -hmm. and you think you finished everything you go back the next day and you're like i'm missing a lot of information that's true yeah like and the more you add the more you end up adding and the more you end up adding uh like you asked about how the process looks like it's not a fancy process like it's just trial and error one day for example if i type a chapter today tomorrow morning i can read it and i'm gonna be like like what was i thinking i'm gonna delete this and i'm gonna write again yep. it's just trial and error um at once and and, <laughs> and one thing is having the knowledge but another thing which is the hardest part is putting it into words because mm -hmm talking and speaking everything is super easy but putting it into words and putting it correctly mm -hmm. writing it correctly that that's the tough part trial and error do you plan on like releasing this as a hardcover book or just an ebook or do you plan on like building a course around this book because i know that that's like blowing up right now people are like releasing like these course books if you know what i mean where they come with uh -huh. all these pdfs and programs and all this extra add-ons like what are your plans for it this book will not be uh, like a course, definitely not. But we would love to have the hard copy and the ebook. Yeah, but I think I think like so the information that's in it, um, I, I, I we kind of do it like this. Like everything we're putting into this book is what you would get with us if you were our if we were coaching you, because we're we're very big into teaching you the the tools you need to live your life and get the goals that you want. And I do believe that, I mean, science is science and the information that we have, it will probably be integrated into our future seminars, depending on the topic. Yeah, definitely you know? it will be integrated, but right. this book itself will not be a, like a course, right. as you mentioned. Right. It's just a book. <laughs> well, that's very interesting because I've had aspirations to like write my own book, but I don't really think there's any topics that are not already super covered that I... I feel like I could add something to it, which is why I kind of started the podcast because books are long form content. And so is podcasting. And I feel mm -hmm. like I can add more because I can talk about more variety of topics and I don't need to go through the whole publishing process, which I don't even know how that works. That seems like that would be ridiculous. Uh, could right. you actually like tap in on how that is? 
Yeah. You want to like long story short, uh, you're just gonna have to have a one. You're gonna have to have a project that you can show them. It doesn't have to be finished, but it has to be good enough that you can lose somebody over. And then you just you as a person have to pitch it and look good and say, hey, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, it's not the easiest thing because there's a lot of politics in it. And at the end of the day, it's it's a publisher that's going to invest in you because, like, for example, you can bring a finished product, but they're not going to endorse you while you write it and they're not going to do the things and they might not give you the best deal. Um Plus, when you when they when they catch you while you're writing it, they can add their own little influential things to make it more their brand. Does that make sense as a publisher? There, there's publishing companies. There's also like different ways you can go about it. Self-publishing is another way. Right. And there's also Amazon has some sort of publishing platform where it's super easy. They give you the hard copies and the ebook, and they put it on Amazon. The whole process it's free, but obviously they take a big chunk of your money. Uh, but it's it's easier than going to a publishing company. And I was going to mention um, that you mentioned that you, you've you always aspired to write a book of your own, but that you have like the fear or something of not adding something to X or Y topic. And I would say that don't let that fear keep you from writing because if you think about it, anything that will ever be created specifically about self-improvement or fitness has already, it's already been created. Like it already exists what, like what you can do is give it a your your touch, like like your spin, flavor, and that exactly give it your flavor, and that's what what'll make the whole difference. But if you think about it, there like I personally think that everything that's that will ever be created, it's already created. And there's a good book that you could also read. It's called Still Like an Artist, I believe it is. You should read that. It's about content creation and stuff. I think you'll like it. But I would say give it your flavor. The problem that I run into, at least mentally, is that when I'm because I'm so young still, it's like I don't I have a hard time believing that people older than me will take stuff from me just because I've heard many times like when I just genuinely try to explain something to somebody older than me, whether it was like in high school, that's mainly when, but that's high school. So, again, I'm trying to compare real world to high school. But I mean, again, I don't have that many experiences. So it's like people like, well, why am I listening to somebody who's younger than me? I feel like. I need to have weathered the storm a little longer before my opinion's valid, which I know is not a right way of thinking. But in term, I mean, if you think about it, if a 50 year old is going to come to me for advice, that just, to me, that just sounds a little bit like there's so many other people that you could, you could go to uh, besides just me. And that's really that all the questions that I had for you guys about content creation and business moving forward in 2021. I know that I have my own plans and it'll be, very exciting to see what you guys come up with because I love your page, especially I love the TikToks. You better keep going on those because <laughs> those are hilarious. My favorite one definitely by far has been the muffin one where you're like the muffin one. The okay. Muffin, that's the best one. Cause it's like, Oh, the, the Christmas cookie thing is, is yeah. it's like replace the muffin with Christmas cookies. I walked, no, I'm not going to eat it. No. <laughs> and then I always end up on the, I'll just do cardio later to burn it off. I always end up on that. And then I'm like, Oh, but yeah, extremely yeah. relatable. Is there anything you guys want to end off the podcast with and then let everybody who's listening know where to find you? I guess before the plugs come in, I just wanted to add my little tidbit on what you were saying. Um, you know, just like he already said it, just just start working on what you want to work on now. If you're worried about a 50 year old coming for, to you for advice, 
that 50 year old did some stupid stuff in his life where he has to come to you ask for some questions um the idea is if you keep working on stuff now you're going to have a placeholder in the generation behind you and your in, and in your current generation you know think about it when you're young you go on youtube who do you see the next the, the, the person that has the biggest following right that takes years it's, unless you hit a viral you have a kid who's opening up christmas credit presents and he looks great i don't know but like <laughs> but at the end of the day it takes years right and it, you don't they're not just good it took years for them to practice so if you're worrying about other people you can't worry about yourself and at the end of the day self-improvement is in a nutshell worrying about yourself right so i, I would say put your blinders on you're young keep working and then when you're our age you won't look like me who is aging like milk and you won't look like this beautiful man because no one can look this great but you can find a happy medium who knows by the way uh you're doing a great job with youtube uh and the podcast you're a way better host than we were when we started like our episodes were horrible so keep it up and you're still young you have you have a lot of great things ahead of you oh the shameless plug that's right all right so Hey, everybody. We are Strength Rehab. We are a couple of chiropractic students, soon-to-be chiropractors, that are obsessed with making sure that we get you where you need to be. We don't want to just bring you there. We want you to bring you to the lake to teach you how to fish so you can eat for the rest of your life. Please understand that metaphor. If not, sorry. Uh, we have two. We have one book out, and it's the... What? What's, it, what's it called? What's, what's the book called? What's your book called? Oh, what's wow. the book called? That's the, the first one. Guide. The becoming, complete guide yeah. of becoming your own coach. Yeah. This is why I keep but, yeah, around. You can find us on Instagram at strength.rehab. And we also have a podcast if you want to give it a listen. Uh, but thank you once again for having us, man. We appreciate it. I'll tell you what, we put shirts on for you. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I can't thank you enough for that, even though I won't be using the video. And with that being said, this episode of the Young Reflective Podcast has come to an end. One more shout out to the Strength Rehab guys because they are a huge part of the reason that I started my podcast and it's not like this episode was a super value-packed episode it's more of just a lighthearted conversation between me and them but I just really wanted to have them on my show because it goes full circle and I will most likely be back on theirs and they will be back on mine I hope you all have an excellent rest of your day I want to thank you once again for tuning in all links will be in the description below for other forms of content from me and them as always I will see you guys next week take care and talk to you soon.